All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in on a uh, Thursday. It is uh, mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Jimmy, easy breezy last night downtown, boys. Just like Jimmy called it. 79-62. I left left early second half. That was nice. Well, I I, I know that, uh, you know, I don't think I gave a prediction, but I was not uh, super concerned about last night. Uh, But good on both of you. I think you both uh, uh, said a win that would uh, be at least in double figures. And that was an ass-kicking last night by uh, Creighton against Seton Hall. There's part of me, like, looking at that game, and, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that said, you know what, I like yourself, Nick, that could say, you know what, I got kids at home, I got the babysitter, <laughs> I'm going to get out of there early. Uh, I didn't think that that would happen against Seton Hall, but last night was, uh, from start to finish, just an absolute woodshed where there's a, there's a lot in there about that's who Creighton is, but, man, there's also a lot in there. Seton Hall was terrible last night. Yes. They just Bad. they they owe some people a refund for not showing up for yes. that game. I mean, you know who you're playing, you know who you're playing. And they didn't show up and they got what they deserved last night. Yeah, it was this is where I want to say I'm caught in between boy Creighton spaced him out really well to just awful defense by Seton Hall. The comedy of turnovers and and Creighton kind of got sucked into that in the first part of the game too where it both teams were kind of sloppy with the basketball but Creighton was able to kind of recover Seton Hall never did it just it looked like it just looked like Seton Hall was like a step slow all night I mean that that's what it, it appeared to be from where I was and I just I, I I didn't see anything like majorly different about Creighton that created all of a sudden this crazy mismatch defensively for Seton Hall where they just I mean they just couldn't guard it was at one point it just seemed like you know between the lobs to to Kalkbrenner and we remember how big he was in the last meeting they had no answer it was almost as if hey you know what let's let's try this let's try this offensive set let's let's work on this okay that works okay now let's try this these are things that haven't worked for us throughout the season let's try it on Seton Hall and that was the surprising thing I I would feel like Seton Hall in, in a way this is going to sound really, really bold. In a way, they they sort of kind of had that feeling of like what they what Creighton would do to DePaul. It just could yeah. do whatever they wanted to. Uh, I I I am with you. We're we're going to touch on Seton Hall because man, that was a major letdown. They looked disinterested. I got Shaheen Holloway let me down last night. But but I, I like where you're going there. See, I've always I've looked at this Creighton team. The way they are built is when they are on, and they were on last night. Now now put Seton Hall aside. Uh, Creighton was on last night. And when that Creighton team with the big three going and they got a bump from the bench, yeah. but more, more so in my opinion, our discussion for the next month is going to be about their defense. That Creighton team that played last night, that's the Creighton team that is capable of beating a, a UConn type team, team again next month. Because I look at Creighton, they're either going to make that kind of run or it's going to be a head-scratching loss that knocks your season out, and you go, whoa, what happened there? But last night, I think, was more of an indication of what this Creighton team can be. But I'm going to focus on the defense because I think Creighton, for the next month, the storyline will be what kind of defense do they have Mm -hmm. because they can score and we can see it. And last night, they hit the X button early, and Seton Hall was not prepared for that game, which is just mind-boggling. I know there's 18- to 23-year-old kids – but Gene Holloway, after the game, said, man, I tried all week to get our guys going. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you do you not know who you were playing? Right. You walked into a building that was revved up, previous matchup, payback. Yep. 
and you got what you deserve. But I, I think I think Creighton defensively is what's going to be the story over the next month on how long their season continues, um, because they're they're. There's no guarantee that the big three will be going every night once you get to the Big East tournament or the NCAA tournament, but defense is portable, and I think they are good enough defensively that if they have one of those really clunky San Diego State-type shooting nights, Nick, that they can find a way to overcome it and keep their head above water and then find what is plan B to win a game where it doesn't matter if you win by 10, just win by one. Yeah, and they, they defended their guards so well last night. Uh, and and I, I was catching Max post game, and I know he had mentioned uh, just a, maybe a couple of tweaks of what they did differently from the last matchup when they were on the road, and you know making it a little bit tougher for you know guys like Kadari Richmond and, and Dawes to to actually catch passes. And you could see, I mean, Creighton at times. Stephen Ashworth was he stood out to me defensively, and I, I think as of late, you know, Gary, we've talked about it that his. His ascension this season really has started with his defense, and then his offense has kind of carried over into the subsequent possessions. He was really good last night. I, I don't think the the big threat inside was what you're going to get on a nightly basis in the Big East. I mean, we've we've seen Ryan Kalkbrenner have his hands full with certain guys, but you you weren't going to really get that with Bediako last night. Even though Bediako had a, a decent game the first time around. So what Creighton did defensively with the guards, I thought it, that's what stood out to me because I think it, it just caused all kinds. Again, this kind of where it, it's almost like what we're talking about with Creighton's offense, where either they were that good or Seton Hall defensively was that bad. Creighton looked really good defensively, and and I compared to how they looked against Seton Hall the first time around in that epic triple overtime game. It looked markedly better but I'm also wondering how out of sync Seton Hall was offensively I I would like to attribute a lot of that to how Creighton defended him especially on the perimeter but again I go back to and kind of the the main point of where we're starting off is it was just it was it was a punchless Seton Hall which is is more confusing it was it was embarrassing yeah I I I know that Seton Hall is considered a bubble team. Right. And they didn't play the sense of urgency. It was already going to be a difficult game. They were nine and a half point favorite. Right. But man, for them not to even show up. Agreed. That's that's something you're going to have to wear. And and of all teams in this league, you know, there's probably there's three teams where if you don't punch the clock, you're going to get a beaten. And they got Mm -hmm. a beaten last night. And that's UConn, Marquette and Creighton. And especially when you're playing in Omaha and the big three are all doing big three type stuff. Yeah, that's that's something that man Shaheen Holloway and I, I I I heard him on his press conference and you could tell that clearly this was not just we showed up on a, a Wednesday night in Omaha and didn't have it they didn't have it for the entire week I mean he started to allude to he felt like you know he, he wasn't he tried a bunch of different things during the course of the week but they got what they deserved and and there's another part of last night about what Creighton did is. And I think this is important to go along where I'm going to I'm gonna beat this horse to death about defense is coming out of the second half. What did we talk about a week ago, Nick? We were talking about U- against UConn. Creighton came out of the locker room. Yep. They had a comfortable lead, somewhat comfortable against the UConn, yep. and you kept punching. Yep. And they did that last night. I remember they got to the under eight media timeout, and I checked the, the scoreboard. And they were shooting sixty-two percent in the second half. Mm-hmm. When, when, when clearly at halftime, you had the feeling, and the whole building did that. Yeah, this game is over. Let's get ready for Marquette. Yeah, and that was 
and I didn't. It wasn't what I meant yesterday when I was talking about. I think the fans are ready to kind of get over this game and really kind of dig into Marquette on Saturday. And we knew the team was focused. We knew the coaching staff was focused. But it, you could feel that. I mean, after a while, the way the second half. Because what, what did the game get like within maybe as close to twelve? In the second Ooh. half, I think that was like, his, yeah, I think that was as close as Seton Hall got in the second half. And then at that point, again, you know, you had the lead fluctuating to whatever. I Once I saw it staying in the 20s, I was like, all right, I'm good. Um, it, it, yeah, it, it just. So, so what, that was the point that you said, we, we got to go. Yeah, that's where I, I think it was like, it was right around the, I think we, it was just like right out, it, it was right after the 12 minute media. And yeah, that, that score was not budget. I'm like, yep, we're good. I get some sleep. I can listen to the broadcast on the way home. See how John's feeling on that too, which he was uh, right. You're making sure your radio station yeah, still sounds good. He was he was having a night as well, and uh, so everybody was happy. But it, yeah, it just that whole lack of sense of urgency that you saw from from Seton Hall, and I know we talked about it when Ben Johnson described Nebraska. That's what desperation looks like in a good way. That was just shocking to me. And the other part is. There's been moments with this Creighton, uh, these wins that they've had. We, we, you know, Jason Green, he was the hero against UConn as far as bench production. Uh, last night, where that game all of a sudden took off and the play started just jumping and getting crazy. And, you know, you had the, <clears throat> the CHI Health Center crowd at its best is Isaac Trout, of all people. Guy that we've talked about. Hey, what kind of role is he going to have going forward? He knocks down two threes. Then you get a Stephen Ashworth three. And all of a sudden, it, th- at that point, it's game over. And... You know, to to kind of see like it not be really any type of any type of tense moments at all in the second half. It does. It speaks volumes to Creighton. You did exactly what you had to do to set up a major showdown this weekend. And by the way, you you know you slide into third place in the Big East standings. But it is methodical as that thing looked, boy, to me, it, it's it's more of a real bad look to Seton Hall than I want to like just roll out the the ticker tape for for Creighton in that win. Yeah, you brought up uh, another part of uh, what stood out about last night was they got Isaac Trout off the schneid. He hadn't scored in the last seven. He had, what, six points in the last ten. Yeah. He came out and he looked comfortable. Uh, you know, he wasn't put in a tension convention, and he was able to work through some things. And, you know, he's still on the board of, okay, we still got some important games ahead. Can we rely on him? Um, but also one other thing that did last night where that game was not a tension convention is it was it allowed us to focus on the ridiculousness of still the reaction by Creighton to the administration. Not the men's basketball program, but the administration. Did you happen to walk by where the students are located? Where the students sit in the one end next to the visiting bench? I was on the other side of it. Okay, so they have signage up now. Uh, Be loud, be proud, be positive. Oh my God. Um, They also now have a tunnel. Like we, We see this more in hockey. Um, where you have a tunnel that protects the players coming yeah. off the yeah. ice. Okay, where once they step off the ice, they're covered up. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I saw that last night. Yep. Uh, uh, I also saw. Did you? Did you? Don't they have that during that? the NCAA tournament too? Uh, I don't think so. Because I could have. I, I, I know. I, I noticed that as well, and I couldn't remember if that's been there before or not. Because I thought I remember them having that at least a similar sort of setup for the NCAA tournament too. I, mean, I might be wrong though. A, this is this is 
the administration at Creighton responding to this to make it feel to seem like to an outsider, <laughs> if you hadn't been to the UConn game and you knew nothing about it, that this is the most hostile environment. <laughs> it's the, and that the Creighton students are the worst people in the world. Okay, that we need to put a sign up to remind them of, be loud, be proud, be positive, and we got to protect coaches coming off the floor. It's <sighs> such an overreaction. It's to embarrassing. Danny Hurley. Danny Hurley's in your head, Creighton administration. Mm-hmm. That's that's unbelievable. You're taking an L today. Your basketball team had a huge win. They're going to have a huge game on Saturday. Administration, you're taking an L, that that's your reaction? But then there's the other part that was noticeable. I brought it up earlier in this week, the week in the crossover, and Connor slapped my hand because I said, hey, I'm hearing the blue crew is suspended. Did you see who mm-hmm. was not there last night? Yeah. What is going what on? What happened? Yes. Okay, Wait. so – that okay, I I wasn't Was sure if they were there? somewhere else or if they were you know sometimes they they'll run onto the floor every now and then but there was a few times because I I will notice what's across the way I've sat in these seats before and so I you know th- this is not a knock to the Creighton student section I don't really pay close attention to them I don't notice them that much you mean I just they're not Raider fans well oh, I just you, I, you, I try to me, I try to see how you're, deep, talking about the, you're talking about the suits you have to notice the blue crew yes because they're right there in the yeah. front. You can't miss yeah, them. those pants. And I'm, I'm still befuddled by the whole concept, but continue. But no, so, yeah, so were they were they really the problem against UConn, the Blue Crew, the positive I mean, of all should, positive people? I mean, them leading the FU chant, I mean, jeez. Yeah, yeah. And I'm being I'm being sarcastic. I know. <laughs> so, so they I were probably trying to tamp it down. I, I wasn't Put paying a ton of attention. I, listen, I... I'm I'm always kind of intrigued by the students that paint their faces and yeah. wear the striped pants and do all that. And I know they probably play an important role. Too much work. Um, but they also, every time Creighton at home comes on the floor, they're the ones that run out with the right. flags. Yeah. Creighton came on the floor and I turned to the guy next to me and I was like, uh, do you know something different? And he knew right away. Yeah. He's been a guy that's been no blue. going to Creighton games since the Civic. And I said, whoa. <laughs> and then at halftime, I saw the sign by the student section. I hadn't noticed the tunnel until he pointed it out. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. This is, th- this is a way overreaction to where it makes it seem like CHI is so hostile yeah. that, my God, you might as well put you know, plain close police officers in the student section because it's just going to be anarchy. <laughs> It's such an overreaction. Like European like over basketball. The top. Hey, the, the email, we had fun with the email yesterday. Send the email out. But you have signage now and yeah. other things. I mean, man, is Dan, Danny Hurley left the building last week with an L. He actually got a victory. He did. He and owns Creighton. He's living, he's living rent-free in, in the, the headspace of the administration for Creighton right there. Hey, you know, we, all, we, all, we, all try and, we all try and avoid negative energy and negative press. But there is sometimes where it's just way too much. And I thought those actions were way too much. So we got to tamp it down because a guy that gets under everybody's skin, Shaka Smart, and his team, which is higher in the Ken Palm and higher in the standings than Creighton, is coming in Saturday. Everybody be on your best behavior because we don't want those people from Milwaukee shutting us out of Summerfest. We don't want them telling (laughs) people in June that Omahans can't come to our Summerfest because they were meanies. To our yeah. our basketball team, yeah, f that. Fact, I mean, I'm cheer, so, cheer I'm sorry, but screw that. You've got Shaka Smart. You've got a guy who gets out on the floor and plays defense on his own end too. I mean, come on, no, that is, that is a bunch of crap. 
That is absolutely a bunch of crap. That First of all, when I think of that building at its best, it is never, ever crossed the mind of like, man, these students or this, this, this crowd is brutal. That's what makes it so tough. No, they just get loud. They get into it. 95% of it's positive. The other 5% is nothing different than what you're going to see at any other venue. There is no problem with what those students and that crowd have been a part of. I don't even care if we're talking about the UConn game, that you ever think it crosses any type of line. I, I mean, my God, spend the night in the Big 12, the old Big 8. <clears throat> go to the go to the birdcage. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I've, I've played in the old birdcage. We had a guy on our team. He had a child at the age of 15. He was shooting free throws, and they were yelling, Daddy! in front of them i mean come on like like and those were high school kids my god like it just it it, you want to you want to try to promote this environment of a home court advantage yet when things ramp up a little bit the intensity of a good game or a, a potential rival you don't want some of the animosity that comes with it you can't have it both. There was a time when that place was called the Quest Center, and you could ask people that are still with the basketball program. The Missouri Valley looked at the teams that would come in. They would see how big that place was, and they would dub it the Quiet Center because it was so big there was a lot of people there, but nobody ever made any noise. And now that people are getting into games, and maybe there was a profane chant, oh my God, we've got to shut the thing down. We've got to police the entire student section. That is bull crap. Come on. Yeah. Do you, do you think, and 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 this is separate from Creighton men's basketball. I remember, remember the the email to the students came out, and shortly thereafter, Creighton men's basketball tweets out, "Hey, students, first one thousand get a ten dollar concession card." <laughs> so this is not Creighton men's yeah. basketball. But do you think when the Creighton administration they walk into their office today, there are students that are standing out going, "Who's your daddy, Danny Hurley? Who's your daddy?" I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. it's absolutely oh, ridiculous. Gosh. Um, but on the floor. Creighton took a big uh, W last night and a huge game against Marquette uh, coming up on uh, Saturday where Marquette, because of uh, an oblique injury, we will watch. We The most the most uh, discussed oblique injury in Omaha will be from Tyler Kolick, mm-hmm. who suffered that last night. Marquette's rolling. Marquette looked great against uh, Providence last night, and that's going to be a huge game. Uh, Marquette rolls in. Marquette is better in the Ken Palm by a spot. They are better in the standings by a spot. That is going to be a huge game coming up on uh, Saturday. Uh, but a good win last night for Creighton. Easy breezy win, back on track, uh, and it's the final home game. And you know what kind of emotion that'll be, especially with a guy like Baylor Shireman, who you heard in the open, which is pretty impressive, that uh, he goes to two schools, scores over 2,000 in his career. Yeah. And this is a moment where – uh, he scores a thousand points in his two years at uh, Creighton, so that's coming up uh, this weekend against uh, Marquette. All right, coming up on the uh, show, the uh, lineup brought to you by the uh, Rooferies of at John Higgins Weatherguard. Uh, a little bit later, Sarah Baker Hanson, Steve Sipple stops by. We'll talk to Justin Williams from the Athletic. It is Bubble Watch season. Uh, last night there were not many games where you went hmm. Uh, there were performances where you went hmm, and there also was the Minnesota Illinois game where Minnesota <laughs> is. I think I saw this stat this morning, and if you guys saw this, uh, help me out. So Minnesota loses last night, 105-97 to Illinois. Game didn't go into overtime. Right. That's a good it game. Was, it was basically an NBA game. Yeah. I mean, LeBron probably would have fit in pretty well last night playing in Champaign. Is if they're down 21. Minnesota, I think this is – so they shot over – they scored 
they're the the either the first or they're the very few team in 300,000 WNBA NBA college basketball games over the last 25 years that scored 97 plus points shot over 70% from three point range committed less than five turnovers and lost. Yeah, I think it was the first. I think it yeah, was the they, first, yeah. They, they lost last night yeah. in Champaign, 105 to 97. But there wasn't a lot of bubbleicious games last night. Some teams that are on the bubble that have been struggling continue to struggle, a la Texas a But Justin Williams is going to stop by from the Athletic in the 9 o'clock hour, uh, Brian Edwards as well. Nebraska basketball is in action tonight. They are in Columbus to take on Ohio State, where there isn't a heavy slate of games. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh, by the way, Omaha's in St. Paul. Yes, they are. Thomas. There you go. Um, but there'll be there'll be a little bit of attention on the Nebraska Ohio State game because it's kind of a a standalone type game where it's not going to you know fall into all of the other games going on. Uh, intriguing game tonight in Columbus for Nebraska because I heard Jake Diebler yesterday, the Ohio State coach, uh, say that uh, that is an NCAA game for them. Tonight in Columbus. Sense so, of urgency for Ohio State. Nebraska not that, wins. Not they get a win. Actually, uh, going. <laughs> yeah, do we do we unofficially say that was the first NCAA victory for Nebraska? Um, yeah, the the Ohio State part of it, like how you play out the season, that's the biggest wild card right now. That's absolutely the biggest wild card because I mean, there's always Nebraska on the road. You you hope that you know after they finally slayed that dragon that. They feel a little bit more confident, a little bit more pep in their step, and, and you're starting to kind of feel like you're getting on a roll here. But the Ohio State, I mean, Bruce Thornton's a great player, and Nebraska was able to kind of lock him down in the second half of that game at, in Lincoln. But, I mean, there's a guy that can go off if you're not connected defensively. Uh, remember, this was a team that it was really impressive what Nebraska did in Lincoln, given the fact that they had a tough time rebounding. But Ohio State, and i got to look at the numbers now, but at that moment when they played Nebraska – they were really good on the offensive glass as well. There are things that they do, and they, hey, they beat Purdue not that long ago. I mean, that's that's the other thing. They're they're capable. They, they, they're they, not a good team yeah, they, most nights, but they're capable. So I think one thing I've noticed um, since he since Chris Holtman got fired is their talent is playing more to their capability. But also, I think that, and you know, this is an observation: if you're an assistant coach and you're not in the number one chair. You maybe look at things just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. They've started to use their bench a little bit more, um, and I think he's got he's got a, a more solid rotation where guys know what they're if they're going to play or not over the last couple of games. They're playing with a lot of energy. This will this will be a challenging game for Nebraska tonight, um, and they're a three and a half point underdog against a team that'll be playing with. All of a sudden, they, they think they can make a run to the NCAA tournament. So another good test for Nebraska. This is, of the remaining three games, this is the highest-ranked team in the net that they're going to face. Yeah. Uh, when I was told a couple of days ago, Ohio State was 66th. Um, so that game's coming up uh, tonight. And again, Nebraska is a three-and-a-half-point dog, which the last time they went on the road, people forget they were uh, underdog and one in Bloomington. Yep. I yeah, just, that's a line, that's this, a line of broad- this one. This one has me – well, you know, I'm, I'm already taking – Ohio State to win the game, but right. uh, yes, you, the, re, the reverse jinx is uh, it, it, in full effect. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, all right. Uh, you got the lineup. Uh, good discussion going on today. We'll talk uh, more about what happened last night between Creighton and Seton Hall. Still can't believe that Seton Hall decided that last night was not a good night to show up <laughs> against yeah. Creighton. That just, I, I, that, that one you got to live with. And I don't think that's going to sit well no. in New Jersey. Um, but there's other parts of, uh, Things that Creighton did last night that bode well for the next month. And then we get into Marquette. 
huge game, huge uh, moment where you figure out if Tyler Kolick is going to play or not. He injured his oblique last night in the second half. He left. He came back. He tried to play, did not go so well. They're not a one-man team, uh, but we are talking about the reigning Big East player right. of, of the year. You can always join the uh, conversation on the uh, 42 Degrees Source hotline, 951-1620, or you can email Nick and myself into the Equitable Bank inbox where they take banking personally. I'm sure Doug was waking up with a pep in his step today. Um, Gary at 1620thezone.com. Hey, and Lee, 1620thezone.com. Also on the uh, JTech Construction Zone uh, Twitter feed, at Gary Sharp 1620 At Nick Hanley, 1620 all right, good lineup, good day. Welcome into a, a Thursday, the final day of February. And also, if you're celebrating a birthday today, congratulations. Yes. It doesn't happen very often. Yes, it does. It's Mornings with Sharp and Anley and Jimmy on 1620 The Zone.